Oilers, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode four of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. And on this show, with the director of scouting from TSN and former GM of the Calgary Flames, we will be featuring Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit in our top shelf talent. Uh, those are players in the top 40 on Craigslist. The next wave, we will discuss Luke Tuck from the U.S. National Development Program and Martin Chromiak of the Kingston Frontenacs. And in Time Machine, a fine fin and a knight in shining armor. That's where we take a look at a player from the past and compare with a player in this year's draft. Your trivia question, you'll need to know about the Saginaw Spirit and the NHL draft. Our question is, name the only first-round draft pick taken as a Saginaw Spirit. Uh, that's going to change this year with Cole Perfetti as he's going to uh, likely go top five, uh, maybe top three, who knows? But there's only been one other uh, Saginaw Spirit player taken in the first round. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Duck Millard or tracking the draft at gmail.com if you know the answer. Craig Button, of course, appears on the UFFS hotline. Uh, check it out at uffsports.com. You can become a scout and track the same players that guys like Craig Button and other scouts do. What you do is you find a player, you list that player if he's uh, not scouted already, and once he is drafted, auctioned off to guys like me who are owners in the Ultimate Franchise uh, Hockey League, then you get the cash rewards. So there it is, uh, the UFFS hotline. Uh, check it out at uffsports.com. Calm. couple of news and notes items before we get into the uh, meat of the show. Germany and Switzerland played some exhibition hockey, and while Tim uh, Stutzla was the main attraction, 2021 prospect Lorenzo Canocana was reportedly one of the standouts, a goal and two helpers, uh, drafted by Schwinnigan in the CHL import draft this year, 20th overall, and it was announced last Wednesday he has committed to the team. Hockey Canada holding camps virtually, uh, virtual camps online for their U-17 programs and upcoming World Junior Summer Camp. Online seminars, workshops, team-building exercises. You know what? It's the best that you can do right now uh, with on-ice activities not allowed yet. So this is good. It at least allows you know, a guy from the WHL to get to know a potential line mate uh, from the queue. And at least they can, uh, you know, discuss potential strategy and things like that, get to know the coaches. So making the best 
out of a, a bad situation. Uh, the Panthers signed their 2018 15th overall pick, uh, Gregorio Denisenko, to a three-year entry-level deal, and they also are loaning Belarusian blue liner Vladislav Kolyachonok. I hope I got that correct, uh, to Dynamo Minsk of the KHL. He played all but one game in the last two seasons with Flint of the Ontario Hockey League. All right, let's bring him in. The man with all the information, Craig Button. Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, as I bring in the director of scouting from TSN, want to uh, bring you uh, the player vitals uh, as far as the guys that we will be talking about on this episode. Cole Perfetti. Center and left winger from uh, Saginaw, was born in Whitby, Ontario, 5'10", 177 pounds, 61 games, 37 goals, 74 assists, 111 points, second in the OHL, and he is ranked fourth on the Craigslist. They score! They score! Luke Tuck! In the next wave, Luke Tuck is a left winger from the U.S. National Development Program. He's committed to going to Boston University. He's from Baldwinsville, New York, 6'2", 203 pounds, 47 games, 15 goals, 15 assists, 30 points. He is ranked 67th on the Craigslist. He'll give it over for Chromia. Waits, Richard scores. He had time to have a look, and he looked right down the top corner. Martin Kromiak is a right and left winger with the Kingston Frontenacs from Ilava, Slovakia. Six feet, 180 pounds, just 28 games with Kingston as he played the first half of the season with Slovakia, but he had 11 goals, 22 assists, 33 points. He is ranked 41st on the Craigslist. And in Time Machine, we'll be chatting about a former Selkie Award winner and comparing him to a guy who went 14th overall in the OHL priority selection. Pocket picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot, he Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. McKinnon goes down on the shot. Nathan! 
Craig, our top shelf talent this week is Cole Perfetti, uh, who is uh, listed as a, a center and a left winger with Saginaw, ranked number four on the uh, Craigslist. And he had a really good rookie season in Saginaw with 37 goals, 74 points. But then at that, Ivan Holinka, which you had a front row seat for, man, he took it by storm. He pulled a Jonathan Taves in the shootout. Uh, did he shoot up your rankings after the Holinka, or was he always kind of around that top five area? Oh, no, he was always there, Dean. Uh, I, I mean, Cole, fortunately for me, I've watched Cole since he was 14 years of age. And give you a little bit of background, I mean, he played in Whitby as a, as a bantam with the minor midgets. Darren Drager's son, Mason, uh, was on that team. So, you know, I always try to watch the top midget teams uh, in Ontario. You know, I try to, they have a big silver stick tournament in November. Mm-hmm. Then they have obviously the OHL Cup in, in March. And I always try to just get a, you know, you, get, the players have been identified. I, I just like to go and, you know, get a look-see. Not, not any hard evaluation. But because Mason was on that team with him, I got to see Cole from 14 years of age. He was playing up a year. And and then I, so you, you watch a player, you watch him play, you, you, and then you see what he does as a 16 year old. Now I can only tell you this, and you know this better than anybody scoring 37 goals in junior hockey as a 16 year old. Yeah. Rarely done, rarely done. So, you know, obviously last year as a 16 year old with Saginaw, he was terrific. He, 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 he ended up uh, at the Ivan Halinka. He was just superb. He was just phenomenal as he was. Him and him, Hendricks Lapierre and Yaroslav Askarov were the best three players there. And then he just built it right into this year. And you know what? What really stands out for me is, you know, we talk about IQ. So what is IQ when you're when you're on the ice? It, it's identifying areas where you can take advantage. It's solving problems. Okay, okay, I'm 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 being stymied here. How do I get around this obstacle? And I can tell you this: th- there's not a scenario I've seen that stymies Cole Perfetti. His ability to think on the move, his ability to think ahead about possibilities, and understand that, like, okay, if I'm a little bit more patient with the puck here, it's going to open up this opportunity. Or if I get to this spot on the ice, you know, I I know it might not look but I know that it's going to be a spot that I can take advantage of. And I, I, I think his ability uh, to process the game, not only with what's seen, but with also what is unseen at a particular moment in time, but will, uh, you know, present itself. He, he's outstanding in that regard. You know, w- we do grades on a five scale, on a one to five scale. And I gave Cole Perfetti a six out of five. I, I think his hockey sense is that exceptional. And the reason we gave him a six out of five is because we want to highlight that that is an area of his game that stands above everybody else in this round. You know, it it would just be amazing to see how a player uh, like that, how their brain works. If you could somehow slow it down, because it seems like they're always thinking two steps ahead. Like, okay, I, 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 I've already dealt with the guy in front of me uh, and I'm going to deal with that, but I'm looking ahead to where I'm going to go. It's like a pool player, right? Always leaving himself a, a, a good shot afterwards. And, and guys like that, you think it's like almost like a video game where you could see how their brain works because uh, it, it always seems like they're two steps ahead. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, Dean, that we can always measure, we can always measure and see 
and get excited about physical efforts. And, you know, whether it be blazing speed or dazzling hands or a blistering shot, you know, we can always see those things. But what we can never measure is mental effort. And, and, and we can never measure, you know, really, you know, how that, how, how quickly the mind is working and processing things. And what you just described is Cole Perfetti to a T. You know, we, we, we try to put together videos that kind of highlight a player's strengths and everything. And there was a game I was at in Hamilton in, uh, you know, just prior, it was in February. And he made a play in the game. And, and literally, it was about 25 seconds where he had the puck, where he didn't have the puck, where it looked like he was circling out of a play, and then he came back into the play. Ultimately, what ended up happening was they scored. And, you know, and, and as I'm sitting there watching it all unfold, and because I've watched him for so long, you know, you're, you're not only interested, you're intrigued, and then ultimately you get excited because exactly what you described, to be in his mind at that time, I went back and tried to watch it back on video, but the video becomes tight. You don't see all mm-hmm. those other parts. And you'd like to describe, okay, this is an example of what I mean about that exceptional hockey sense. But, you know, if you're watching, he's in your picture, he's out of your picture, he's in your picture. Think about that for an opponent. Where is that guy? Where did he go? Oh, there he is. Oh, no. Okay. Where did he appear from? And the thing about uh, Cole, it's not just that he understands and can process. He shows up at the right time. Where it, when, when you think about a player that's 5'10 and a half, 175 pounds, you know, he's not going to overwhelm you physically, you know, isn't going to blaze past you. So the mind has to be at, at, at a level far above everybody else. And so he never engages with an opponent uh, on their strengths. He always puts the opponent in a position where they have to engage him on his strength. You know, show up at the right time, into an area, out of an area. And that becomes an incredibly difficult player to be able to mark and uh, really contain. And no accident that he excelled at the level he did uh, for the uh, Saginaw Spirit. 37 goals in back-to-back seasons, and then he put up 70-plus points, and that's uh, due to a lot of that uh, hockey IQ that you just talked about because he became such a great playmaker. So those are some of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, I guess, the uh, mental attributes that he has uh, with hockey IQ. Let's talk about some of the physical attributes. Um, what about his skating, and, and how does his size impact his game? There are some guys that can handle it that aren't that big and some guys that can't. Where does Cole Perfetti fit in? Well, what I would tell you, Dean, is as I tell young players this all the time, if you're if you're five ten and a half and 175 pounds, and you don't have the ability to overpower people, and you're going up against a bigger player, why would you put yourself in that position? Why would you? Why would you? That's what I mean about playing the game on somebody else's strength. You know why? Why do that? There's, there's no sense in going in and what go get manhandled. You you don't have a you don't have a middleweight uh, wrestler fighting the heavyweight category. You, you, they stay in their weight category. But while in hockey, you don't get that opportunity. But you get the opportunity to understand how I'm going to go play. So, like I said, he's quick into an area, out of an area. He's got exceptionally quick and fast hands. So his ability to handle the puck in tight areas, to strip opponents of the puck, to make plays, what I call those thread-the-needle type plays, under sticks, through skates, he can do all those things. But he, he understands... I got to get there and then quickly get out of there because why am I going to go and engage in a physical battle that I have no no chance to win? 
you know, there, there's nothing like, you know, one of the things that really, I guess, uh, in, 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 a, in, in a word, you know, when I hear it, it really, I, I, I always sit there puzzled. Why would you say that? Oh, look at him. He doesn't go take a hit. Really? <laughs> like, you have to take a hit? Like, really, that's some kind of uh, mark of, of superiority? Like, the guys that don't get hit are pretty good players. And just because you don't go in and go battle a, a player that's much stronger or, or has a physical advantage on you doesn't mean you're any less courageous. But somehow, that filters into scouting reports. And with Cole, he plays the game on his terms. And he, and he forces opponents to play the game on his terms. You know, his shot is deceivingly, uh, deceptively good. He, he, he doesn't overpower you with his shot, but he knows how to open up a goaltender. He knows how to get a goaltender off balance and then put it back into a spot where he can't recover. And so when I, when I look at all those physical qualities, you know, he, he maximizes all his physical qualities with that unbelievable processor that allows him to be an elite offensive player. Elite. So you're not worried about his skating, holding him back. I've read different reports about people concerned about his skating. Maybe not the best skater. Is he a good enough skater and, and he can improve? So here's what I would ask. Like, so somebody says they're concerned about his skating. What are you concerned about? That's what I always ask. What are you concerned about? Tell me right. what you're concerned about. You know, like, it's, like to me, that's just, a, that's just a shallow report. That's a shallow scouting report. Oh, he doesn't have speed. Okay, great. So he doesn't have blazing speed, right? You watch the game, like, you know, Coldwell, the late Coldwell was with the Montreal Canadiens. When I first started scouting, you know what he told me? He said, Craig, watch the guy that has the puck. The guy that has the puck all the time is usually the best player. Cole Perfetti has the puck all the time. So, you know what? Cole Perfetti, like, okay, so people want to say he's not a great skater? Well, I, I, I guess 111 points. I mean, what about all those poor other souls that skate really fast that have 60 points? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, again, like, I always say, I, I need a lot more information when you sit down and tell me he's not a great skater. Like, uh, okay, well, I'll put a stopwatch on him. I know, I know that he might not be faster than this player or that player, but those players can't do what he does. Mm-hmm. It, they all go hand in hand. Cole Perfetti, I'll tell you this, he changes speed as well as anybody. He speeds up. He's got great agility. He pivots in tight areas so that he can control a puck. And he's got great leverage. So when you're a good offensive player, you're going to have people leaning on you. And what you're going to be able to do is maintain leverage and be under their checking so that they cannot push you away from the areas you want to get to. I can tell you what, at 16 years of age, at 15 years of age, at 17 years of age, I haven't seen any bigger players be able to push him out of the areas he wants to get to. So I like, honestly, I have zero concern about any area of cold prevention. I think he's going to be a first-line top point producing elite player in the national hockey. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Smythe trophy. Superstars. Puck up free, score! From Craig Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky scores! Becky got it high! For nothing! Oh, baby! 
On to the next wave now, Craig. And the first player we're going to chat about is uh, Luke Tuck, uh, a left winger out of the U.S. National Development Program, and he is ranked 67th on the Craigslist. Uh, not as big as his brother Alex yet, uh, who's in Vegas. Maybe he'll get there. Um, is he um, is power forward the best way you would describe Luke? Yeah, I think that that's a, a, a very accurate description of Luke. And not, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's an excellent skater and, and he's a catalyst type player with respect to his ability to use that speed to, to be disruptive, uh, to be really effective for checking and, and, and to make opponents uncomfortable. You know, you, you, you're going to have different types of players that need to use their strengths to create opportunities for their team in different ways. As a penalty killer, you know, he's very good at, at being quick. It's one thing to be fast, but he's also quick. So, you know, he can quickly get to some place. And then if he does get the opportunity to open up ice, you know, he can uh, not only get, it, get close quickly on you with the speed, he can also open up ice for himself. And, you know, he's got a physical bent to him. He, he, he likes to play physical. He, he likes to be aggressive. And he can be very, very effective in that regard. And so when you, when you can play in, the, in those areas of the game in that respect, you're able to have a lot of different areas uh, that you can impact. You know, he's going to create some chances for his teammates. I don't think he's ever going to be uh, a real top end, what I would call uh, a point producer, but I think he's going to be able to be a really good complementary player. Uh, for uh, uh, teammates that, you know, are going to benefit from that type of style of game that he plays. And I, I think it's always something that you got to look at with a player and understand, okay, here, here's what he's capable of doing. Here's, here's what his strengths are. Where does he fit in? And I don't think there's any question that he has those abilities uh, to contribute in, in, in a lot of different areas. So he has the size, he has the speed, um, you know, have you seen him at different times be able to, you know, like whether it's drop that shoulder and drive hard to the net or just take a defenseman hard to the net? Does he have that ability in his game right now? Oh yeah, for sure he does. And, and, and it's not just the ability, he's got the willingness. So mm-hmm. one of the things that you always think about as you move forward, right? You always think about, okay, uh, you know, how, how's that going to translate over time uh, with respect to, uh, uh, you know, as he gets more physically mature, he, like, you know, some players have the willingness, but they don't have the physical maturity. I, I think Luke has a little bit more physical maturity uh, to his game at this point in time. So he's able to have a little bit more success. But, uh, you know, the the drive that he has, the willingness that he has to to attack, to to put opponents on their heels, to, to make opponents defend them and say, I'm coming to the net and you best be ready for me. Because that's where I want to get to, and I'm not going to go away easily. So if I'm going to get there, and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to make life difficult for you, you best be ready to handle me. Because if you're not, you're going to have a tough time. And he does that really, really well. And I think that, you know, as that translates into the NHL, I, I like you can play him in different spots. You know, Rafi Torres would kind of had that edgy, over-the-edge type uh, game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rafi was the fifth overall pick. But really what Rafi became was basically what I like to call uh, a five to eight forward. 
You know, he, he could play in your second line. He was really good in your third line. And that's the type of player I see Luke at. I see him as that type of a player that can make opponents uncomfortable and at the same time, you know, be able to contribute in, 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 in a lot of different ways and that, 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 can, that can unsettle you when you're playing against them. And, and, and that's, a real, that's a real significant quality. For sure, you know, a guy that uh, you know can kill penalties is is you know usually pretty uh, defensively responsible five on five as well, and and it sounds like you know the Luke could be a guy that you can put out to to check uh, the other team's uh, really good forward. You can put out to kill penalties, and the odd time he chips in with with some offense, and and you know you need to draft those guys as well as a franchise. So it sounds like he's kind of uh, almost one of those glue guys in in a lineup. Oh, there's no question he is, and you know he's gonna he, he he's determined and he's competitive, and you know when you when you watch a player like that and you watch a player that's capable of uh, of, of, a, of impacting the game in a lot of different ways, he that those players become valuable and those players are are really important to uh, a team's success. It, it would be nice if everybody was the same exact player. Sure, they aren't, and and teams need different types of players. And Luke, Luke has shown that, and he's shown that capability uh, of, of being what, what I call a catalyst-type player, but can play with good players because he understands what I need to do, and that's important. Like, you look at Blake Coleman, who, who emerged this year as, you know, as a real good player. He was last year, gets traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're counting on him to give them an element that they feel they were lacking in previous playoffs. Yeah, and is, that, is that how we've described Luke Tuck? Is that what you just described? Yeah. When you talk about, you know, glue players? Yeah. Really important. Guys have made careers uh, on that trait alone. Yes, they have. Craig Button joins us, uh, courtesy of the UFFS Hotline. Uh, the ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform is awesome. Not only can you own uh, one of the 31 teams, if you can convince one of the owners to sell, but there'll be other sports they'll be adding but you can become a scout in this platform and you can start looking at the players that craig and i are talking about list them and when they got auctioned off to owners like me you can make some side money check it out at uffsports.com uh, down the road craig and i are going to do some scouting tips for you uffs scouts listening to this out there so let's move on to martin chromiak now um, a winger uh, sounds like he plays uh, left wing and right wing uh, with kingston Ranked uh, 41st on uh, the Craigslist. And uh, this is uh, one of the younger players in the draft and joined uh, the France halfway through the season after starting in Slovakia. Was that a good decision for his development? Oh, yeah, I think it was definitely a, a great decision for Martin. You know, you know you're, you're playing up in a, in, in a league where your, your opportunities are, are, are not as great as they could be based on your age. You, you know, you're just not as good as some of the other players. And so you, you don't get those same opportunities to advance your game and develop your game. And certainly I was a little surprised when he got cut from the Slovakian uh, junior team. I, I thought for sure that he was a player that was going to be on that team, but he was a late cut. And, you know, I, I, it surprised me because he, he's been a good player. Uh, for a lot of different for for a lot of different age groups for Slovakia, so I think when he made the decision to come over to Kingston, I think it was one that was really really good for him because not, not only did it give him more of those opportunities, he also got to play with a pretty good player by the name of uh, oh yeah Shane Wright, <laughs> 2004 born and and let me tell you this too, 
you know, Shane benefited from Martin as much as Martin benefited from Shane. And, you know, we talk about one plus one equals three. And, and, and so, you know, when you go and you watch Kingston and because I've watched Martin play for a couple of years previous, you go and now watch him in Kingston and hey, Shane Wright's a, he's a, he's an NHL star in the making. And, you know, so you got to be, to play with star players, you got to be able to hold your own and contribute to them. And so I thought Martin did an exceptional job of fitting into him. And I really think that Shane's game took off. And so what are we projecting to, Dean? We're projecting to the NHL, right? So when you project to the NHL, what do you need to be able uh, to do? Play with really good players. Be able to contribute to really, really good players. Martin showed that to me unequivocally. He showed that he can, you know, he can skate, he can make plays, he can finish plays. And I'll be straightforward with you. I think he has a game that is still very much in the developmental stages. You know, Paul McFarland's going to Kingston next year, the, the, the assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that he will really help Martin. Obviously, Shane Wright's going to be a year older. Zadie Wisdom is another young player that's really good for Kingston. It's going to be uh, the second or third round draft pick. And so I think that Martin, uh, you know, in the next two years, you're going to see some really significant uh, strides forward in, in his game. And, you know, every, every January, I do a top 50 players outside the NHL, prospects uh, drafted by NHL teams. Don't be surprised if Martin Komiak is on that as soon as next January. Uh, that's good to hear. This guy, from what I've seen on some clips, he gets the shot away quickly. No scraping the roof with the windup. It's fast. It's compact. How's the overall accuracy? You know, you, you know, Dean, like, uh, you're starting to report on a shot. Like, I couldn't agree with it more. Like, I mean, you just described it. In fact, I just took notes on it, and I'm going to put it in my scouting report. I'll give you credit. <laughs> okay, but that is a, that is a, like, to me, like, the picture you just described is exactly how I see it. And, and, and so you can work on accuracy. I'll take you back a little bit in time. I'm sitting one day watching Jerome Ginla shooting pucks uh, after practice. And he's shooting and working at it and working at it and working at it. So after practice, we're sitting on the bench. I said, when you're shooting putts, what are you trying to do? He goes, well, I'm just trying to shoot and shoot and shoot. So I said to him, I said, you know, Pavel Bure, every day just about, in practice or whatever, he would try to take at least 50 shots, and he would just try to get a spot on the ice, skating, moving, whatever it may be, and just try to hit that spot. Just like that's what he worked on every day. and you know, different spots. And, he, and the reason he did it that way, he said, was when it shows up in the game, I want it to be automatic. I see it. I've already done it and I hit it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Jerome started to do. When Jerome scored his 50th goal of the season in Chicago in uh, March of 2002, Jerome said to me, I hit my spot. Huh. You know, those players are driven and those players want to be the absolute best. You know, you know, we, we look at golf, right? Like, you know, you, you shoot nine under, you want to shoot 10 under. Right. You shoot 10 under, you go, well, I could have shot 11 under. Well, the, the, the really good goal scorers, the guys that are hungry to score, they want to do it even more. And Burray was great. Jerome was great. And Martin, I'm not going to put him in the Burray category, the Jerome category, because I just can't. But he's determined to score. And because of how you described him, he goes and continues to work on his game. 
his accuracy will improve as well. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he and he could become uh, lethal on the power play, and he pr- probably is in, in junior. But with that kind of a shot, it looks like it'd be a great uh, setup. You know, almost like the Patrick Laine Ovechkin area, Stamkos too, well, right? Well, he does, but you know, one of the things that really he doesn't give goaltenders a chance to get set, mm-hmm. right? So because he skates so well, and he and he really is a really strong skater. He's quick and he's fast. Is that you know when you're when you're moving quickly, you can change angles. Dean, you're a former goaltender, and and you know how when somebody's coming fast, how how, yeah. how you got to get back into position, and that's what I mean by changing angles. Well, now, when you don't give a, a real good wind-up and you just get the puck away quickly, now you work on your accuracy, that translates to me to being able to score a lot more goals. And I think that's what Martin has the ability to do. Well, and that's what you, you have room on the power play to do that because you get the shot off yep. before the goalie even gets uh, gets set up. Exactly. So, uh, sounds like we have a lot to look forward to uh, with young Martin. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. Plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. Craig, let's move on to Time Machine, quickly becoming one of my favorite segments because we find out a little bit about a player in this year's draft and how he compares to somebody from the past. So what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to go back to Mr. Gary Lettman, mm-hmm. player we drafted in Dallas in the fourth round, three-time Selkie Trophy winner. And I can guarantee you this, Dean, if you ask any player that played with Gary Lettman in Dallas, they will all tell you that while there might have there was there might have been players with a higher profile, there was no player that was more valuable to the team because what Gary was able to do was able to fix everything. I remember like Ken Hitchcock, you know, was coaching him, and you know, and you know, Madonna loved playing with Gary Lettman. Because again, we talked about smart players, great players love to play with other players that can help them be the best they can be. And if if we ever took Gary off of uh, Mike's line and put him somewhere else to try to help them, right? Like, like Mike would break out in high. <laughs> like, you, like, you can't take me. Like, what are you doing? What are you, like, you know, and, and, you know when, when Mike Badano, Hall of Famer superstar, it, it, it recognizes what Gary Lettman is, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Bob Ganey was our general manager in Dallas. And, I mean, obviously, a four-time Selkie Trophy winner. And, I mean, the appreciation he had for Yeri Lettman's game was, was outstanding. And, and Yeri was just a great competitor. And, you know, we were really lucky. Uh, you know, uh, Matty Bisonen, who was a great scout for the Edmonton Oilers for years, and, you know, we were able to hire him in Minnesota. I mean, he was a real, real significant influence on us drafting Yeri Lettman. And, you know, the great Huey, Dewey, Louie line, which was uh, uh, Lettman, Jacko Koivu and Billy Pelton. And I mean, I was in Finland in 2016 when they retired uh, the entire line's national team numbers. Wow. And, you know, pretty impressive, you know, what those three players did. And, you know, I was really lucky to be around uh, Gary for so many years. And, you know, he's involved in management with Team Finland. 
I think Gary could be a manager in the National Hockey League because he, he's hardworking, exceptionally smart. So let's go to this year's draft. And who is a player that might remind me somewhat of Gary Lettman? I'm going to tell you who. Luke Evangelista of the hmm. London Knights. And again, Luke's a player I watched in, in minor midget in, in Toronto. And, you know, watched him as, as a six-year-old and watched him as a 17-year-old. And, again, it's everything in the game. It, he, he doesn't grab you with this unbelievable, uh, dazzling skill, whether it be speed or shot. But you watch the game, and everywhere that matters, he's there. Every play uh, that, that ends up being productive, it emanates somewhere from a play he made, defensively or offensively. And, and it's, it's the same thing, shift after shift after shift after shift. I mean, when you talk about playing at a consistently high level and having no drop-off, well, there's two things that that does. It allows you to produce at, 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 at a very good rate. Number two, it doesn't give your opponent any chance for, to rest because he is playing at that level, and if you're not going to play at that level, he's going to expose you. And he's going to take advantage of you. And I think Luke, like Yeri, can play in multiple spots in your lineup. He can play in, in, in different situations and excel. And, and he's another player that, that, that is, as, I, as, I, as I have evaluated and looked back at video and looked back at my notes and for a long time. He's another player that uh, I think I'm going to have to get a little bit higher on my final final list. Because uh, I, I shouldn't say I think. He will be higher on my final, final list. And that's the benefit I've had with this uh, time to go back and look and really review. And, you know, I think Luke, you know, when we're going to be talking about him as a player that can, uh, I think, have a really strong impact for the NHL team that drafts him. Well, and, and what I was going to ask you is uh, when, when you see those qualities in him now that you saw in Yuri Lettinen, did you see those immediately in Yuri Lettinen or is that something that, you know, sometimes players are one thing and then they have to pivot and, and, and develop into a different player. W- was that always Yuri Lettinen's game? Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, of, a, of a little bit of a time cap. So I'm going to go back to Matty Bison. Okay. So, that year that we drafted, we drafted uh, uh, Yeri in 1992 in the in the uh, in, uh, in the fourth round. If you go back and look in the second round, we drafted a player by the name of Yarko Varvio, a really really good goal scorer. So I'm going to tell you about about Maddie. That e- that year at the World Junior Tournament at, in Houston, Maddie ended up having a stroke. Now it was a stroke that you know really worried us at the time, but he, he was able to re- rehabilitate, you know, to a great extent. But he came to our meetings. He, he went to the world championships that year, came to our meetings that year. And, you know, it's, he was still working on his speech. So we would talk about players in Europe because Matty had as good a grasp on the European players as anybody. And so what ended up happening was, as we talked about players, Matty would say, he, he, he'd give the thumbs down or a thumbs up, or then we would try to go uh, round and he would put up two fingers for second round or three fingers for third round, etc. So when we kept talking about Yarko Varvio, and Les Jackson, I really liked Yarko, real good goal scorer, that he kept putting up no down. He kept giving us the thumbs down, right? And he kept using, uh, when we talk about Gary Latin, he, he would put like two, right? Well, 
fortunately for us, fortunately for us, okay, we ended up getting both of them, okay? <laughs> but a few years later, we were joking, and Les Jackson said to Maddie, he said, Maddie, you don't need to come to the meetings anymore. Just send your hands, and we can get the thumbs up or the round we should be taking these players in. <laughs> so Maddie Bison knew because he'd watched them for so long and so and so much. He knew the qualities that Gary Lettman had, and they weren't obvious. Trust me, they weren't. You know, here we were. You know, we were happy to draft Yarko Water. We were happy to draft Gary Lettman, right? But at the end of the day, you know, Yarko had that kind of what you would call that obvious skill, and Gary had that subtle skill, the brains and everything that went with it that made not only everybody around him better, it made teams that he played on championship caliber teams. And, you know, when you, when you, when you look back on it, how lucky were we? Well, yeah, like, uh, it's that, that's such an interesting story, um, that, uh, of how that all broke down. So when, when you look at Luke, then, um, is his offensive game maybe uh, ahead of where uh, Lettinen's was, or, or where does his offensive game compare? I, I don't think it translates into him individually. I think it translates into the team. It translates into the way he he gets he he finds a way to get the puck, and you, you know he gets it away from the other team, and then he gets it into the in, in, into his teammates' hands, and he skates, and he, he can make a pass, and he, he understands. How, how to make sure that when he doesn't have the puck, I'm going to find a way to get it back. And I'm never going to leave myself in a vulnerable position. And when I do have the puck, I'm going to get it into the most advantageous spot for my team to take advantage. And so, you know, I think if Gary Lettman wanted to be just focused one way on offense, he could have scored more points. But he, the points individually for Gary didn't matter because he made our team so much better offensively. And I think that's what Luke does. Well, it's good to know that there are uh, guys on the way because I loved uh, Yuri Lettinen as far as uh, uh, you know an all-around player. Uh, when we were we used to play uh, a game called Stratomatic Hockey, he had one of the most balanced, uh, uh, I guess, uh, playing pl- uh, portfolios that was there. So good to know that uh, Luke Evangelista of the uh, London Knights will maybe carry on uh, some of those traits to uh, the NHL at some point. Craig, as always, thanks for joining us on track in the draft i look forward to doing it again next week thank you dean and i look forward to it as well this is a serious message craig button joins us on the ultimate franchise fantasy sports hotline become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the ultimate franchise hockey league Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. In the next little while, we will be bringing you Craig's Council, uh, where Craig Button will give you some scouting tips. This will be especially important for those in the uh, scouting program uh, with Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports uh, or for anyone who aspires to be a scout, certain things you watch for, all that stuff. If you have a specific question, email me, trackingthedraft at gmail.com, and we will add it to the list of topics 
when we do Craig's Council. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! All right, did you get the answer to our trivia question without having to look it up? If you're a a Spirit fan, you probably know that Matt Corrente is the only Saginaw Spirit player to be drafted in the first round uh, that went in 2006, uh, 30th, uh, played with the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. So that's going to wrap things up for episode four. Of course, our thanks to Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN. You can find the Craig's list at tsn.ca. And as Craig has mentioned, he'll be updating that as we approach the draft. Colt Perfetti was our top shelf talent today of the Saginaw Spirit, ranked fourth on Craig's list. Luke Tuck is the uh, uh, 67th ranked player. On the Craigslist, a left winger for the U.S. National Development Program, and Martin Kromiak ranked 41st on Craigslist. They were both in the next wave. And in Time Machine, it was uh, Yuri uh, Yuri Letnin, a three-time Selkie Award winner, and Luke Evangelista of the London Knights. Uh, Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can check it out at trackingthedraft.com. And if you'd like to be involved in the show as an advertiser, please email me at trackingthedraft at gmail.com. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here.